What's up, everybody? Happy Easter. Welcome to another debrief episode. Trying to keep these rolling on the regular every Sunday. You can tune in on Twitch, of course, at uh, twitch.tv slash TV, or as now known, Siege Egg, or Cygeg, whatever you want to call it. But uh, if you're new to this, this is myself, Emzo, Prolicaster, and Helby. Uh, just a guy. Yeah, just a, just did, a guy. Did you play Pro League, Helby? I did. Well, yeah, that's what I thought you did, okay? I didn't want to say that and be wrong. I did. I played the year one and, well, some of year two, you could argue with. Uh, mostly Challenger League on year two, and now I'm just uh, working. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, we're just going to go over some of the stuff from what happened this week mm-hmm. in terms of uh, Pro League, Challenger League, all that jazz, and uh, kind of recap stuff. what was interesting about the week. So uh, starting out with Pro League for NA. Well, such as tradition. I mean, they played the first in the week, so might as well do that. Uh, the first game was uh, EG SSG. I think that was the game uh, most people were looking up to. Yeah, that was that was an interesting one. I, I think uh, all the focus on that one, of course, goes over to Clubhouse, mm-hmm. where we had 10 straight attack oh, wins in a row before EG barely squeaked out a uh, defense win. That was ours. To make it 6-5 at the very end, yeah. That was... I was explaining to someone yesterday that like that might have been really bad match to watch, but from an analyst perspective, it was amazing because you really just got to see the fine-grained adaptations of like both teams trying to figure out how the hell to make a defense work. And yeah, trying to figure out because it took uh, well until the very last round possible on that map for EG to figure out the way to win defense. They even tried bar at one point. Like they were like just like, oh well, let's try bar, and of course that didn't work either. So it's like, all right, all right, back down to basement. Well, but when nothing is working, you might as well try an upside. So the team is ready for a basement. They they got the whole setup for it, and maybe you'll be able to just throw them off, just enough so uh, you can win the round. But it didn't work out that way. Yeah, I don't think we saw. Maybe there was maybe at most one change on attack the entire time. Like we saw the same attacker yeah. lineups. And setups basically over and over. They rarely changed how they were even attacking. Yet somehow a defense could not adapt. And I do think this was kind of one of those things that does show that, uh, at the very least, clubhouse at the moment is super attacker sided. It is, especially well. I mean, it, it, it's like the perfect roster because whatever the defense throw at the attacking team, it was just a lion domination, like pure and simple. Yeah. Just open the hatch, get your picks, and just drop yeah. down, plant, or just kill them all. It was, it, it was, yeah. I mean, BC being the lion on uh, the EG side. I can't remember who was the lion on the um, SSG side, though. I can't remember either. Was, uh, it, was, it was interesting because BC was just sitting there holding a hatch the whole time. Yeah. Both and it rounds, worked. And it it worked. Was work. Yeah. It worked for both sides. It, it's just, you know, it shows the power of lion, especially on maps that are very static like that. Yeah. You have very little breathing room when you're on defense, and with Lion, it's just even worse. You really can feel claustrophobic with Lion on defense, on basement. Yeah, because you really need to be a little more mobile in some of those positions. Uh, I mean, it's not the end of the world if you don't move, because there's a lot of angles you can hold down there. So I'm not sure that I agree that uh, Lion was the main reason for that being so attacker-sided. I think that... Oh, the map is... Been... Yeah. Ever since Habana was introduced, that map's just gotten more and more attacker-sided. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, it's, uh, I mean, it's definitely attacker-sided, like, to begin with. But with Lion, it just makes it worse. Because, like I said, there's very little plays that are safe in the basement. In Armory, that is, mostly. But that's pretty much what people focus on. 
and those plays are usually behind a box or behind like the gun rack or stuff like that and you need to be able to just jiggle peek a bit and lion just denies that because when he activate his uh ability you just throw a couple smokes the guy is stuck behind he, do he can't really move because you're just gonna kill him through the smoke and then it it's just done they they took over armory and it's hard to reach what was interesting too is that it wasn't just that it was all attacker set it was two different attack strategies with different lineups uh, so like for example you saw eg bring the the necrox of uh glass yep. coming down blue for example but then you had redeemer playing blackbeard instead on attack for ssg and uh you had iq being run uh on the uh the both both sides basically but then it was played very differently in how it was used for example a canadian would be pushing it to kind of get early uh, gadgets off the board, Valkyrie camera, stuff like that. And when they'd enter, and then he would drop into the Memorial, whereas you had the other IQ playing more of the uh, the kitchen, for example. So it was, I mean, there was like overlaps and then there was differences. And I think for just having a lot of contrast and the ability to analyze what works well and what doesn't in different attack strategies, it was a good case. I, I feel like people should watch it and like watch over it carefully and like kind of see like the different ideas. I mean, they don't translate to all the other maps necessarily, but you can see like, how teams try to adapt at the, the pro level as opposed to just, uh, I mean, it, it gives a, a nice hint at how we might be seeing teams play once we start getting towards the all attack rounds and then five defense rounds sort of thing where teams can continue to try and adapt uh, to the same things over and over. And that's what we have here. Yeah. And I mean, after such a game that clearly showed that clubhouse might not be as balanced as we think it is, or at least, like, to the point where it has a spot in Pro League, it's nice to know that uh, they, they have a rework going on. And uh, I think it's it's next season, is it, that uh, we're going to get a new uh, clubhouse? I don't know if there was a date promise. They said during the Invitational that, like, they want to make sure that it's ready before they release it. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I would hope they have enough time by would now. I hope so, yeah. I mean, they were showing it off. Like, they know it's there. Yeah. It's just more like maybe last-minute tweaks. I mean, but... we've only seen bits and, like, parts of it, but it looked... Uh, well, of course, they're they're only going to show the good parts uh, in a reveal like that, but it looked pretty good and promising. Uh, hopefully, it will make that map a little bit more uh, competitive than it is right now. Nice to have well, something I mean, new. It, it's definitely the case where it's almost like if they don't release that, just take it out of the pool at this point. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, from previous season, it's not like we've had a new DLC map that are really worth it ever since... Uh, Coastline, anyway. Uh, yeah. Theme park and uh, tower, I don't think, are very much right there with like competition in mind. I mean, it's interesting though because like there was a lot of teams that would complain about uh, maps being forced into the meta. It, that included border, that mm -hmm. included theme park. I mean, not theme park, wait, coastline and stuff like that. And you know, these the the teams just being like, don't don't force them in. Yet we actually like after they're forced in for a while, I do kind of agree that we see them start to get picked up so coastline of course was like just the random like oddball choice at first but much like border it's developed to being like a decently picked map now and i think uh i mean they they share some similarities and skyscraper took a while to get picked up as well and that was kind of forced in so i mean as much as i personally don't care for theme park or tower maybe if it was forced into the map pool we would see it by next season I don't know. I, don't, I, I do think uh, maps or new maps are not getting picked up as fast as like known one 
And partially because of the way uh, the Pro League works, which is you play two games, you can be out. So, of course, with a new meta coming in, you're just going to be, all right, well, Oregon is an easy map to learn. Chalet is fairly easy. Um, what else? Clubhouse is easy. So you just work on these maps first, and those are the maps you're the most comfortable on because everyone is comfortable at first on these maps, so you scrim them the most. And when it comes to game time, well, you're going to try to pick them up. And... Hopefully the new format will solve a bit of that with like uh, every team playing against every team pretty much for every season and the season being on the time span of six months now, one game has less value than one game in the current uh, system. So yeah. maybe you can be more bold with your map selection and I think that's a great thing. It's going to make uh, things a little bit more interesting for the viewer. And well, for yeah. a player too. I know it's controversial, but I would actually like to see uh, theme park introduced in the map pool next season because now you will have more bans because it's going to be best of one. There's, mm -hmm. there's a, I mean, you have more opportunities to ban uh, the maps that you don't want to play without having to expand your map pool necessarily because you have more bans. Like, so you have a, a more of a chance to reduce it down. I mean, because you have what uh, four bans instead of three, right? So, let's say you know. Only one team has to use their ban on the theme park to get rid of it. And your map pool should already be pretty well grown from the previous seasons in terms of having enough yeah. maps uh, at this point. I mean, obviously, you get the opposite point of view from people like Canadian suggesting instead of seven map pool and that it's difficult right now. But I think when you go into best of one with more opportunities to ban and less maps that you have to play during a session and each match mattering less, as you said, because it's going to be the double round yeah. robin, I think that's the perfect opportunity to... I know people are going to hate it, but force in theme park. And so we could see it grow out. Now, that being said, I would like to see some tweaks to it in terms of at least lighting. But at the same time, I think people have been playing it and ranked long enough now that people should have some idea which sites are viable, what the meta could or couldn't be. I don't think that is too risky of a thing to do at this point. And if it is, you know what? Just like the first season of Border, just like the first season of Coastline, people will just ban it. Heck, remember yeah. when Favela was in Pro League? We had uh, like the very first match between Millspec and uh, Orglis on there, and like Orglis is like, I don't even know how to play this map. Whatever, it, we'll just play it. It was it was minor esports back in the day. It was really good at this map too. Yeah, so I don't know. I, that's I know that's like I said. I know that's probably controversial opinion, but I think when you actually think about it and look at the history of Pro League, I think it's a reasonable thing to do. Yeah, I get the idea behind. It. I just don't think these maps are all that much interesting. It's gonna become like a frag fest mostly uh there's a lot of angles to be covering and you're just gonna end up droning most of the round i disagree i think the creativity of the uh the pro league teams will find ways to make it strat as as opposed because oh of course they will. as a pro league team you can't just rely on of course they will of course they will. So you'll you'll figure they'll figure it out they'll figure mm -hmm. out ways to make it work they'll figure out what the meta is you know, is is usually you'll have a couple of variations, but and you'll end up with stuff like, for example, uh, the the tea and uh, karaoke on skyscraper and the penthouse on uh, coastline, where so you have a very dominant bomb site. Same with uh, border with the armor lo armory lockers, but then people slowly expand out because they have to have a secondary, and then sometimes that secondary will become important, just like the the kitchen has become on both coastline and skyscraper, and so. Yeah, I'm sure they will find a way, but is it 
interesting to the point where you want to remove a map like i don't know chalet or i'm not saying you have to remove a map you could change you the map. add but, but I, I mean i don't know i mean at this, at this point i would say we probably should drop a map though rotate one out and put it in take take the the worst map at the moment drop it out and then put that in and uh like i said i know people are gonna disagree with me but i think in the end it would be better maybe if we didn't know any new maps coming in but now that we know clubhouse has come in and there's a rework on airfruit base i think we should just wait rather than just add a map for maybe a season and then just remove it because it's uh inferior to those two new maps yeah we'll see so anyway anyway uh yeah, eg no, winning uh, but... yeah eg winning on uh, clubhouse was uh you know it was a hard game to watch because it was only defense was uh, sorry only offense 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 and then again offense and lion having a big role in it but mostly team coordination with it uh slowly getting better at using it uh, definitely better than the first week anyway yeah but uh, it, was, it was interesting seeing uh iq almost being used as an entry fragger because it's yep. a map that's mostly safe from roamers so i thought i thought that was interesting because you like iq a lot of times the way especially the way they were using it isn't usually used as kind of an entry like that i mean the Obviously, it's not super high risk on that map because first off, rarely going to get roamers, and second off, the drones are going to be droning are droning in for IQ still, so they're going to catch roamers that are you know playing in there before IQ gets to them. But it was interesting to see like this idea of entering and clearing uh, floors of gadgets uh, in a way that you can't always do on other maps. Much like we saw the the uh, recent plays where uh, IQ is being picked heavily for uh, top of. Uh, cafe where where you have Thatcher and an IQ up top to clear gadgets. We're seeing like more aggressive clearing of Valkyrie cameras. I think some of that also is due to like C4 plays on uh, on that map where you want to clear out Valkyrie cams so that way you can make sure that you don't get C4 due to yeah. those. That is dependent on a pulse. And then you also at the same power that I then bring a counter to pulse as well. So like you're countering two different sources of C4s at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I, I and it's like Clubhouse has been around for a long time. IQ has been around since the beginning. Uh, Obviously, uh, Pulse has been around since the beginning, uh, and Valkyrie's been around since the first DLC. First, yeah. So it's, I, I like point that out because it's interesting to see that evolution when technically that should have happened a long time ago. Yeah, well, Clubhouse, it's, uh, it's getting a little bit stale. Uh, and it was a close game, but... Not as close as the next one uh, they played on Cafe. It clearly, like, dominance from EG on this one. Yeah, much, it was, much bigger uh, place. They pretty much did what uh, Penta did on them on offense, which is just yeah, bring the, the mountain. Oh, the mountain. Man. Yeah, that was and bad. SSG do, just didn't know how to react to it. They, they yeah, seemed it a little bit lost to it. it was, it's a very, uh, this is going to get meta, for sure. It, it's a very strong push, and it kind of denies the... Um, the mirror in bathroom just looking into piano it just denies that because you you're you're kind of free to push and the only way to really counter it is try to get a c4 from below uh yeah. one way to do it is just coordinate maybe get a pulse on it or just try to like pre-place a c4 with a lesion i don't know but they, they, it, it it's a hard push to counter that's for sure I think if we continue to see it uh, being used, though, there will there will come up with counters for sure. Like yeah, it's yeah. not uncounterable, but at the same time, yeah, like you said, it's very strong because pushing down that white hallway past the bathroom, like, is is the big reason that that works pretty well, and it just makes it that much easier to clear the piano room. Yeah, and I mean, uh, once you, once you get control of white room, it's slightly easier to just push and get control of cocktail. And once you get control of cocktail, even if they're below. 
you can just plant on the bar itself and you're free, you're safe from c4 yeah we'll see though it'll it'll evolve but it was interesting to see that was again something that that penta kind of started i mean maybe there was people using it before that but at the same time we saw it really kind of debut pretty heavily at invitational mm -hmm. the, this, these monty strats on bank and yep. cafe and like and now they're being picked up by a lot more teams and i they're being very successful on at least the cafe one the one we've been seeing fail is the bank one i've seen fail tons of times now where people are trying to reproduce what penta did and just stalling out instead so uh i mean it's good to see eg picking up what's working and using it it's unfortunate for ssg but at the same time i think they still had a really really good performance uh, overall like yeah. especially chala and uh and redeemer as well so it was just Unfortunate they get uh, you know knocked out there, but it's like against the strongest team in North America at the moment. What do you expect? Yeah, they were just not ready for that strategy, and that kind of threw them off. Hopefully yeah. next week, not next week, but in two weeks, they'll be playing against uh, Obey, which was the second game of uh, of this week's uh, Pro League on North America. The Ronin Obey was just a clear dominance from Obey all around. So for those who haven't been following the news, we should explain who Obey is. Uh, Era right. became soon TM because they dropped the era org and then uh so they played a soon tm in that match and they now have been picked up by obey i think they were already in that the process of that when they said probably they yeah. tm it's just a case that uh for those who don't understand why there's the weird delays and things like that uh when you are dealing with an organization the idea is that the organization expects to be able to do that announcement that the players should not be leaking that that the contracts need to be signed and you have to realize that uh, orgs are built around the idea of marketing, and if they're not in control of that marketing, they are uh, not either not a smart org. Well, or they're not, not in control. They're not in control of their own business, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. And so that is an important aspect of it, and that's why you see them having to wait like that, which is unfortunate. It takes a while, and uh, so you end up with situations yeah. like that that just don't work great. Well, we did have a, another uh, the the other side of that. The the other uh, team playing in that match also had an org change. As uh, Ronin right. uh, has broken up with their org as of yesterday, which a lot of people thought was a April Fool's joke at first. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, I guess there the was timing just was, uh... creative differences, so to speak, uh, more like financial differences. But uh, they decided to part ways. May have been mutual, maybe not. But I would imagine their performance was a big uh, aspect of that in that match. Oh, hopefully, they won't. Uh, it won't affect them to the point where they can't really focus on what's to come. Because the next step for them is the qualifier relegation. Or not qualifier, like but the next just... step for them is disbanding. Yeah, well, they still need to get through relegation, and uh, hopefully, yeah. I mean, it's the golden ticket, man. Six month, six month guaranteed. Yeah, I think uh, you know at this point, like, I if I was them, I would almost not even focus on like anything but just that relegations, like for the yeah. next X amount of time. Like you have oh, some yeah. time now, like sort sort it out. So I mean, going through the actual match, like. Ronin probably played their worst performance yet against a team that's not even nearly as strong as EG. I feel like they actually played worse against Air than they do against or so too. You know, than, than against EG. That's, I mean, unfortunately they've had roster problems. And uh, as much as I love Talon, him switching to IGL just did not work out. Um, I don't know, you know, I can't hear comms, so I don't know why, but it does feel like that just did not, at least for this time, work out for them. Yeah, well. And, they they seem to be all over the place every time. It, it it's like they they have this general idea. It's just not coordinated between the players, and most of the time they just end up fighting 
in a 1v1, 2v1 without the ability to trade whatsoever. So they just like lose manpower uh, minutes after minutes yeah. in the round and then they just, they're, they're just overwhelmed by the defense. Yeah, and you had people like Nineline that were just super struggling the whole time. I know he gets called out a lot for it or for the performance, but it was just, I don't, you know, I don't know what was going on internally, but he's not someone who's ever really been a, a heavy performer going all the way back to year one. So I'm not terribly surprised, but it's unfortunate to kind of like end up in that situation like that where you're just really struggling. Whereas on Obey, we actually had a change up in that Snake Nade only played the Benji. first match. So Benji's debut was actually fairly good. Like we yeah. were a little concerned because Snake had a good performance. We're thinking, oh, maybe they should stick with Snake. But Benji had a good debut. And the, the news recently was that Snake has then moved over to being the coach. Yeah, well, I saw that too. That's interesting. See what uh, he's going to be able to bring to the team. Uh, well, if going back to uh, year one, uh, Snake and K9 were two players that would, uh, despite how the how their attitudes were at the time, they were very, very, very knowledgeable about the game. They would find peaks and spawn like spawn peaks and angles and uh, strategies and things you could do that I that I know other pro teams just did not know. So. When it comes to knowledge, like knowledge of the game, I mean, maybe Snake's been out of it a little bit, but he is someone that is very good at having that level of knowledge that they, that he could potentially bring as a coach analyst, depending on kind of what his role is. I imagine it's it's a little bit of both, probably not just probably, being a coach. Yeah. He's probably also going to be helping them because it's just more his mechanical performance that's kind of slipped a little bit, and I think that's what he's concerned about. So I think this might be a good fit for him. Plus, he obviously is going to work well with Benji, you know, that being his friend and being his recommendation of the team and. I think I think it'll be good. And then you have Bosco who really showed up. He's been showing up more and more each time. And this is a guy that goes back to like Elevate and stuff like that, who's kind of a sub for Elevate, um, who's now, you know, CLG and all that. So he has a lot of experience, but he comes from Xbox. And it's interesting to see him like really showing up in the way that CLG should be. Yeah. I, I imagine CLG at this point should be wanting him back <laughs> based off their performances. Yeah, CLG uh, this week needs to figure it out. They yeah, this is to. this is the make it or break it week for it CLG is. for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, if they if they can't win that, it's gonna be go back to, like just start from scratch, man. Just scrap whatever you're doing right now. Just scrap it. Start over from the beginning and build a yeah. good base. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but if they lose this next match, they they are in relegations too, right? With uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wow, that would that would be interesting to see like the the bottom seed team and a team that everyone expects to be high up there getting potentially relegated out. I mean, I'm not saying they will get relegated no. out. It's probably not likely, but being in relegations alone is uh, unfortunate for them if they end up there, which unfortunately given their last performance is definitely a possibility. It is. It is. And it, it, it's kind of incredible to see that because their next game is against uh, Mouse, and Mouse, I don't think will, uh, you know, just give them an easy game in. I think they'll give whatever they got and throw it at them. And based off of previous performance from CLG, there's a definite chance that Mouse is going to win that. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. Like, there's there's a a lot for the, and, and Mouse didn't have a great debut performance with uh, against SK. No, that's so true. So it, it's hard to say. Like, but I I would hope teams that should in theory come off a loss stronger rather than weaker. Ronan was definitely one that showed the other way around, but 
you should be there like being able to identify your weaknesses because of that like the other team should be there highlighting what you're doing wrong so you could be stronger at it but just some teams and i i worry about teams like clg because they don't really practice like yeah. despite yeah, claims of doing so they you can watch their you play if you want to see how often they actually practice because <laughs> you can see now what people are doing in you play so it's uh yeah i know it's been a problem for them for quite a while now yeah just it's I mean, unfortunate they've, they've been able to coast off of it for a while like it's yeah. been working out okay for them they've been able to get into land events and stuff mm -hmm. like that now it's just uh, it's just yeah. not cutting it anymore people have catch have like caught up to them and chose it chose. yeah well uh latin america was also struggling a little bit we had some some yeah. of the weaker teams really kind of getting washed out to an extent so for example uh the first one red versus team one red is a team that's really been struggling the, the best performance i've seen from them so far was uh actually the br6 last sunday which was uh them <laughs> versus uh i think it was black dragons i think on uh it was black Can't, dragons or brk I don't remember. on uh, cafe and it was actually the, they actually played really well on cafe and it was like wow this was a really good performance from them but i feel like that's maybe their only map that they're good at and now that team one aren't being handicapped with vision uh who is the player that they had kind of dropped uh they're playing a lot better and they really kind of dominated they, they, i mean it was still a 2-1 though they just dominated them it, it was I like mean, like you said it was a 2-1 there was one map that was a little bit harsh and a little bit uh well less strong for them but like two other after that was just clear domination from them. yeah that just shows that red are a team that really depend on the maps uh, that's what br6 i think showed as well and that's a problem so they, for a lot of team just yeah. uh not having a big enough map pool to play with or map pool that you're comfortable in yeah well again once you once we have four bands next season um i think it'll be easier to get yeah. a map that's yeah. in your map pool like mathematically i don't know maybe i maybe i'd have to do the math on in theory on that but i do think uh having an extra ban means there's that much more of a chance it doesn't end up because there's not three maps to play yeah, well, I, I mean, that, that's also kind of good because uh, with the operator ban, you're going to have to have more strategy for plan, one map. Plan B strats, yeah. Yeah, plan B, C, D, geez, up to Z. You need a plan Z because they can ban whatever the f you're good with. And then yeah. if you just get banned, like, banned out in operator ban phase, you're just... You, can probably lose there if you're not ready. If yeah, you, I mean, there's if you there's don't have an IGL who can like come up with strats mid game or just at the beginning yeah. of the game in that like situation, you you can be done right there. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely see targeted bans against. I I, I would think people like uh, Echo Redeemer, uh, Pulse on yeah. Canadian, uh, pe people like that that are well known for a specific role that they do really well. That's pivotal to a lot of the strats. Mm -hmm. um, like we've seen, like a Canadians joked about it when he's playing the R6 TMs. Like he'll get they'll they'll ban out pulse on him all the time, yeah. and uh, and they've definitely tried out stuff like smoke bans and mirror bans. So people are kind of I figuring stuff out. But Mirror's yeah, gonna I mean that's going to be a big deal when that stuff happens. I think it's going to be interesting to see because it's like you're not going to see like oh you know they're banned for just this map. It's like it's oh. best of one. So all you're going to see is one map. So mm -hmm. there's no like oh you know change ups later. I get to play it later in this match. It's, it's just it's just it. some maps like I don't know, uh, bank. You ban mirror. Well, you need to defend uh, from red a different way. Uh, you get Oregon. Oregon basement without mirror is a little bit harder. It's still doable. There's still like a lot of good strats, but it's a little bit harder because a lot of people really depends on that. Yeah, 
And we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, it's it's definitely going to uh, to shift around a lot even during the season itself. It's going to be probably even mm-hmm. more unstable than this season. But at least there'll be a hell of a lot more games to go off. Yeah. Of. Oh yeah, that's good. So that'll be a big deal. Like and, that's the best and, part. For and sure. see everyone play against everyone. Yeah. Twice. Twice. Even better than the first year we did. Yes. Oh yeah. First year was good, but uh, I mean, some games were just ending up like straight up ties game. Yeah, not to mention half the games weren't even streamed. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so, well, uh, but anyways, it was uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we also had a BD versus Boot Camp a lot in America, which yep. Black Dragons, of course, dominated Boot Camp. Like they've had some okay performances, but mostly only against Team One off stream uh, when yep. they had to play with Vision. Like they just have not been a very strong team. That they're kind of in the uh, the same level as Red. It seems like at this point. So Latin America has really been struggling with mostly having being top heavy with FaZe and uh, Black Dragons. BRK and Team One kind of being those middle tier teams, but it's just, I don't know, man, Latin America is really struggling and I don't know if they're really going to be uh, the region to try and win uh, this year, unless FaZe is going to be like really storming in super hard and, and uh, land. I mean, we, we got to imagine FaZe is going to be there almost for sure. At, at least fair to assume, yeah. Black Dragons probably as well. So, I mean, that's, that's, the two you're probably looking at. I don't know if Black Dragon is strong enough this season to be able to win, but I do think that FaZe, if anyone in Latin America is going to have the potential to do it, and I bring this up because Latin America has been struggling to try and win uh, a LAN, well, since they started last year. So it's been hard. And also, you know, like you'll get a chance to watch some of these teams for BR6 after this podcast later tonight. Yep. So definitely, definitely watch that. I, mm-hmm. I always watch it because I think it's a great way to see matchups that you haven't seen in pro league yet or matchups that you have but played differently and it's, yeah. it's a great i wish we had extra like like tournaments for pro league teams are, in other regions as well. are they playing on the i i can't say i've watched br6 but are they playing on different rules uh yes they're playing on different rules they're okay. playing on the uh they're Rotation, still playing like best right? of 10 rules but they're not playing on the uh attack defender switch rules Okay. So they're playing like half halfway between this season and next season. So there's more rounds, but you play attack, defense, attack, defense. Yeah, and okay. it's uh, best of one still. So it's 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 the best of one and the best of ten part of of next season, but not the attack, defense, switch okay. or the uh, operator pick bands. Okay, that's interesting. I wish they would have. I wish they would have went for uh, the the new uh, switch uh, attack defense. So we get like a glimpse of it. Maybe they decided the game's too attack sided right now Maybe. for it to be fair fair to Who watch. Knows? But uh, either way, it's it's a good good way to see like how that kind of goes down as well. So I, I definitely recommend checking out for that also. But uh, yeah, Latin America struggling. EU has also EU. been very interesting. Oh, oh especially Penta versus Penta. Millennium. Penta losing what? on club uh, not clubhouse but consulate. It was. It was literally one round away from being a 2-0 against Penta from Millennium because it was a 6-5 on the first map, and that was only because Millennium somewhat threw around. I mean, I got to put some of the blame on Hicks for that, though. It was 4-0 for... uh, I mean, on the first map, it was 4-0 Penta, and this map went all the way 6-5. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. It 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 shows Millennium. There was a little bit of sloppiness from um, Penta, but Millennium definitely showed up and like punished him for uh, all their mistakes. Yeah, I think I think they played really well though, and it was um, a much better Millennium than we'd seen before. Mm-hmm. I think they're they're much stronger now, and like before, I wouldn't have rated them necessarily top four. 
maybe maybe the bottom of the top four, but now I would say they're actually maybe in top three, yep. um, especially yeah, with the well. kind of going way down. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of ends I mean, this week. Yeah. Against Vitality. Uh, well, I mean, Vitality that is playing at the Gamers Assembly this weekend, and uh, from what I've heard, they're doing pretty good. I think they're if they like... could just attack or push the site <laughs> sooner, we've been everyone's yeah. been harping on that for a while, and they still struggle with that well it's their I, I appreciate the careful tacticalness but it's the same and so like i will give them credit for a lot of times when they go to push at the end they tend to have more people alive but then those just bloody gunfights that are desperate because they're running out of time just shows how important time management is in this game sometimes more than having manpower advantage yeah well i mean they have their own play style it's it's nice to see a team that plays the, the game slightly differently from everyone else but it's still not perfect. They yeah. they need to improve on that because they have something great. I mean, they play in a way that people don't assume. Like someone's gonna hold an angle for the whole round. People don't assume like enemies gonna do that, but they do it and it works because they just get kills from random. And the way it works is mostly because they push so late. People kind of forget. Okay, uh, in the beginning of the round, they opened that door. There was someone watching the door the whole round and never peeked it. But now that the team is pushing on the other side of the map, you just turn around, focus on that, and get picked off in the back. And that's it works great, but it, it's it's not perfect yet. They they, they need to yeah. find a way to make it more uh, impactful. Unfortunately, right now I feel like they're also leaning on Bibu quite a bit as mm-hmm. kind of their he's kind of their carry. Uh, I mean, they have times where he's not, but I think lately he's become even more of their carry. Like he's kind of like Bosco is to uh, a lot of. Uh, of obey right now in terms yeah, well, of being he's getting a lot of kills hit. but there's not yeah. only kills in rainbow six but well i mean there is when that's their whole point yeah. is they're trying to kill everyone before they push yeah it's like that's the faster they're killing people the faster they can actually make that push in oh yeah they are but i mean be screwed. he's getting help from people watching other angle and just joining him i'm in. sure they're setting him up don't get yeah. me wrong like they're contributing to those but he's, he's, he's definitely getting... efficient at what he's doing that's for sure when he doesn't run directly into like thermite breach charges for example <laughs> oh, yeah. Out of yeah, no. that was good but was, uh, uh, yeah. but speaking of uh, other players kind of being carried and stuff like that i feel like we've seen um fabian really step it up on penta mm-hmm. uh since invitational yeah. like i mean i know people have criticized me for criticizing him for not being a heavy fragger because he had sometimes in the past but it would more it's more been on uh pangu and i think we expected a bit more from uh from shate as well Chate. but shate actually was doing pretty well he he was i think the second best KD of that. And then uh, Pengu, that is expect, but then, uh, yeah, I have, the, I have the stats up earlier. Um, let me check as well, just to make sure I'm not saying that wrong. But uh, yeah, Pengu being the, the, the third best uh, rating, essentially. Um, and then Goga doing, he does pretty good, he's pretty reliable, but Junus had a horrible day. Like, that was definitely one of the worst Junus yeah. performances outside of getting spawn peaked during invitationals on well, coastline was it on Eunice that uh hit reg yeah, didn't work at all their glass. no i mean the the shot in consulate on the circle desk lobby where he shot someone in oh, the head like 15 that times probably, that probably was him yeah i think, I think that was I Eunice. Think that, i think that was just a slightly misaligned shot you yeah. know just the whole misalignment thing that yeah. they're trying to fix mm-hmm. and like the backpack those... uh, sometimes it feels like you're hitting the head but it's like the, the oh god the, hel- yeah, the helmet and... line's hard to kill because his, he has this huge backpack yeah and you think you're shooting him but it's like not part of his hitbox yeah 
Yeah, that I I love that they made that change in the sense that now like killing people is more reliable oh. in a way. But at killing the same lion time, like, would imagine if the so... headbox was still in the backpack, that would be yeah. terrible. Yeah, would be, be pretty bad. <laughs> pretty bad. Yeah, the that's a good nerf. Really that's those, a good uh, nerf for lion though. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, a. The, the, I mean, Millennium did well, but then on the third map, it was just. Straight up 5-0, 20 minutes game. 5-0 on Coastline, yeah. 20 minutes game. They showed how Coastline is played, and Millennium was not ready for that. Yeah, which is, yeah, and it was funny because I, all the all three of those maps are ones that Millennium has good experience on, but it was Penta just like, I don't know if they were just like sick of losing. I think they were like, pissed. Because it, it was like, they all right, almost let's... lost the first map. Yeah. They clearly lost the second map. I think it was 5-2. Then we're like, all right, let's get, let's, like, let's get on with yeah. it. Yeah, what the F is happening here, guys? <laughs> like... All right, let's just let's just close this out quick, and so we can go like yell at each other for a while after this. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know how that. There was probably that a discussion about what happened there because that was not their best performance uh, by any no, means. Not at all. I feel like they started out a little overconfident, and starting Maybe. out with a four zero is a good way to continue to be overconfident. Mm -hmm. Well, it's it's but, hard uh, to uh, to stay at the top, man. It, it yeah. really is hard. It's, when you're at the top, that's when you start slacking on practice and just yeah. trying to innovate. They might have slipped into a bit of a tilt too. And, yeah, once, maybe. They, uh, once they lost. And hopefully, um, uh, Shaz keep them in line. Yeah, I hope so. I imagine he had plenty of words for them after that match. Mm -hmm. I, I would assume so. But uh, but yeah, that was a good one. We also had Mocket versus Oplon, which was not yeah. so much of a good one. But, that's a uh, you no know one expected that to be. That's just a game. It happens. <laughs> that's just a game. I mean, it so, was yeah. just Mocket being more like better than Oplands, but I don't Oplan think Mocket terribly. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's pretty much the Opland was pretty much uh, Ronin of EU, and yeah, it's Panic just Panic definitely showed up though. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the old Vitality. Uh, Mocket is the old uh, Vitality. Yeah. Team, and uh, well, they did okay. They won. I don't think next week. The the next time they play in two weeks, they will win though gonna be a yeah. rough game for them but uh, i mean there is still plenty of space to improve i mean they they yeah, secured they... their spot for the next season of pro league they're good so someone's got to be the top of the bottom four yeah <laughs> i mean yeah i mean it's, it's it that's a thing a lot of like new teams they just start off all right we're gonna be pro league in three months just don't give yourself like attainable goal try to reach it try to surpass it but for fuck's sake, give you something that you can attain. Don't, don't think you'll be like top pro league within like three months. That's just not achievable. Yeah. And hopefully they just keep working that way. Because right now, they just secured their spot for six months. They have the whole time to just, you know, get their things together. Just work it out and figure out their play style. Figure out uh, who's comfortable in what roles and just improve from there. So they're on a good spot. That's one team that they have no pressure. They don't, no one expect them to win. But yeah. they can make it happen because they're going to be a little bit under the radar, the radar for now. I mean, next week's uh, or this week, coming weeks, whatever you want to call it, uh, matches though should be interesting because like mm -hmm. it's like one up versus DC, like based off what we've seen, should go over to one up, and then Ents versus Vitality is like have Ents figured out what they're doing wrong? Because if they lose to Vitality at that point, then it's just like maybe Ents are done. Oh yeah, <laughs> that that this week is kind of a big week for that. I, I thought Ends Vitality get, is going to uh, be a game that, God. Yeah, 
I did say before that Wilkie was supposed to be going full time, but I I was recently reading I think from Panari that I think it was the yeah. interview uh, that was up on CGG uh, where he was saying that they Wilkie and someone mm-hmm. else on the team are still not full time. So still I guess that didn't out. happen. I guess and and, I, and maybe it should have happened sooner so they wouldn't be in the spot. I can't imagine they're going to get like even if they lose that next one. I don't think they're going to get dropped by Ents. Like I think they're still going to continue to represent. Because I, so. I I I don't see Ents getting relegated out. I don't think they'll so have either. their spot for next season and have time to work on it. I I would hope they're not done and it's just a matter of like Wilkie kind of working out what he because I feel like. Wilkie had been someone they could rely on a lot more before, I think, in this season for what we saw. At least the match against 1-Up didn't seem like that was the case. And uh, and I love Wilkie. I don't want to call him out, but at the same time, like I feel like maybe he wasn't performing to the level that we expect of him uh, on that team. Yeah, maybe it was just an off week, too, and uh, hopefully they'll uh, they'll make it work out this, uh, this week. Because, yeah. I mean, it's either Vitality or Ants, who's out of... Uh... Out of pro league for the season, that's kind of crazy. Week two yeah, and mean, one of the like two, I would say top four teams has the possibility to be out. It would be it would be pretty bad for Vitality because they worked their way up from Challenger League, mm-hmm. like because they when they were Supremacy, they came from Xbox, worked their way in through Challenger League, played very well, got into pro league, and have been playing pretty well since then. But it's yep. like odd oh, to get washed out would suck. But I yeah. mean, realistically, so like uh, Itera was doing the. Uh, sort of the math on it, so to speak, and realize that even if Ents do well this time, they're going to have to fight Penta next. Yeah. So there's a very, very good chance that we will not see Ents at the at the land for the very first time. This will be the first time, very yeah. first land Ents will not have been to. Yeah, that's... So, ever since year one, that's crazy. Yeah, it's just weird to think that unless they can knock out Penta, they are not going to land. And if they knock out Penta, like, that's not... just all the more surprising, too. Yeah, so like there's, I would say like probably, you know, like an 80% chance we do not see Ents at land this time. Especially if they play so. like they did the first game. Yeah, I, I can't imagine they're going to be playing that bad again. But at the same time, like, again, it's they, they're they going to have to go against Penta. And unless Penta play like they did against Millennium, then uh, yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's not going to be great. It can always happen. It's never done until it's done. But, no, but Penta won four times, so... Yeah. I, if I'm putting money on something, it's clearly yeah. Penta versus someone like, you know, even EG's only one, two, and they're the other record holder. So it's like Penta World Champions, yeah, probably not going to land the season. Sorry, guys. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's going to be a big week because of that. And yeah. like the one after, again, just because At least of there's it. dream hacks. Is it? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> there will be a sweet dream hack. They could go to that. Um. Yeah, I think it's uh, Austin... Austin, then Spain, then Sweden. Spain. Oh, Spain, you're right. That's always the one I forget about. Yeah, Valencia. So there, there's there's an opportunity, you know, to be a dream hack. They could be a dream hack Austin as well, I imagine. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure. I, I My understanding is, like, that there's a separate sign-up for Pro League and Challenger League teams. I don't know if it's, like, automatically if you're in those, you just get in or what. Know. But I don't know how it works, but uh, I would assume they would have an open qualifier for it yeah i don't know we'll see though i hopefully we see a lot of good teams there because that'll be right after uh this land that's in north america within a couple weeks so nice. you'll get two north american lands in a row basically nice. with a lot of pro league teams but you might see more pro league teams uh in dreamhack 
than in the uh, uh, finals for the season because I don't know how many will get taken in. So mm-hmm. it's possible we might see even more there. So the ones who don't necessarily do uh, well in terms of performing all the way to land this season may still still have the opportunity to at least play Austin right after. Right. So and, I mean, it, it also gave something for the Challenger League team to look forward to and just get some yeah. experience out of it. Speaking of Challenger League teams, had some interesting matches for NA. Beast Coast. Uh, Beast Coast, yeah, they had to play against. So Noble actually started out strong. Like, they started out, like, okay. Yeah, cool. oh, yeah. And then just got crushed after that for two maps. The first map was just great. It was like, oh, my God. They're going to beat, like, Beast Coast. It, it, yeah, if I it, correctly, it looks Oregon, strong. It really well. It looks strong. It looks scary. And then it's just yeah. it fell apart. Or yeah. Beast Coast just completely shredded. I think they kind of got tilted a bit too. Like Maybe. I think that team kind of suffers from a little bit of tilt, and I mm-hmm. think oh, they uh, definitely they was tilt because uh, we've seen a, a BG at the end of like the third map in chat. Yeah. It was uh, there was tilt for sure. I think I've heard that there's some inner drama among the team roster. I mean, I don't know any details or anything, but that's what I've heard, and that could be part of Noble's struggle as well. Because I do think right now they kind of look like the number two team. Lot, for the for the North America Challenger League, a lot of team has internal struggle. It's uh, it's more common than people think, especially, especially in Challenger, in Challenger League. League. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, you 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 do it by passion, and as soon as something is, because uh, you don't get a lot of money. I don't. I don't assume they get a big salary or anything enough to live off of. It's just like side money mostly, and yeah. as soon as something's just hitching and just is not comfortable, you just feel like, all right, I'm just going to get rid of it and just yeah. try to try something else. Well, realistically, it's it's definitely looking like Beast Coast are on track to be back mm, in Pro League. Yeah. I mean, they do have Fox on the team who well, has been in Pro League that, twice. That would be their first time, so not bad. So it would be the team's first time, but it would be Fox's oh, yeah, yeah, like right. third, third <laughs> time in Pro League because he right. was on Lunatic as well as on Excellence. Yep. So he's definitely been there. And I was just talking to someone about this uh, yesterday that I think – if you go back and look at the performance of uh, Reckless prior to Fox being there, Fox made a huge impact on the team. Not necessarily always in frags, but I think his experience really transformed that team into a team that's been performing much, much better since then. Not that they were terrible before, but I feel like they really stepped it up and are playing more pro league caliber now because of whatever experience he brought to to that team. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe their mindset shifted. Maybe it was just that was it. They just shifted their the way they were thinking or whatever it was, but now they're definitely on track, especially with how bad some of the other teams in Pro League are playing that are likely to get relegated out. I mean, there's a good chance that Beast Coast takes Ronin's spot. Uh, well, I don't know who's going to play who, because uh, bracket A, yeah. bracket B. But if Ronin plays against Beast Coast, I think Beast Coast has a fair yeah. chance at getting the spot. That's for sure. Yeah. They've been looking good ever since the qualifiers. And, uh, well, Evil Waffle just... It seems like he's fitting right in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he definitely, I feel like he had a slow start, but he's definitely showing up now. Mm-hmm. Got so, a couple yeah. clutch. He got a good round clutch on the yeah, no, consulate. He's, he's fitting in for sure. So I think that team is just that much stronger now. I mean, it sucks for the people that got dropped, but, you know, they're they're playing to win it's at a pro league level here. Yeah. The other game uh, of the of the day, not so great. Disrupt versus Armada White. Uh, Armada just pretty much got crushed by Disrupt. Mm-hmm. Armada White just were not able to really like find 
any kind of like stable ground to play from. It was it was more like the later noble matches, like or the the, the last two maps for noble kind of thing, where they just could not play well. Yeah, it's, it's pretty uh, uncoordinated. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think any of those team uh, are going to get anywhere near uh, finals. But uh, I mean, it's it's a process. You need to keep working, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, that'll be interesting. But uh, Challenger League is what it is, and uh, it it's at least being streamed and casted, and yep. hopefully we'll see some of these teams make it somewhere. Which is a big uh, improvement. Yeah, we're still bouncing back and forth uh, between whether or not it's on R6CL or not. I'm I'm pretty sure, and I know I said this before, that it will not be on our R6CL next time. It will be on the Rams's channel again. Oh. But uh, that's up to Ubisoft and ESL to sort that out. So uh, either way, though, you know, follow both those just in case. But definitely make sure to to keep an eye on these because this is teams that you know could be going into pro league yeah. that way when relegations happens you'll have some idea what's going on because uh, i believe relegations will be casted from here so that should be uh, sure pretty, hope so cool my understanding is they will be so good good because those games are very interesting and impactful yeah. in the future of the pro league scene anyway um yeah upcoming teams are and always like surprise you uh yeah. you know, just looking at supremacy that is now vitality in the way they just rose in that scene it was great the team that came from xbox that gave themselves like a year to get in pro league it took them six months and now they're just doing great they're doing great especially with uh like the invitational in their performance yeah that's surprisingly good well uh EU uh, Challenger League was interesting too, in in that uh, we have an Italian team actually moving forward. Mm-hmm. Something something we haven't really had before. We've had Spanish teams in, but an Italian yeah. team is uh, interesting with uh, End Gaming doing pretty well. We do have one familiar player though, uh, Boraz. I, I believe I recognize him from another team, but I can't quite place which one. Um, I can't say I watch uh, Challenger League EU. It's getting. Uh... I'm not. I, I honestly don't really watch. It. <laughs> they, they, because I don't. I don't have enough time. Like, there's only so much you can watch in a. In a yeah. In this in a week, especially with like between works and all that stuff, it's just there's yeah. too much. There's too much. Well, also, which it's is great. In English, so yeah. I also yeah. don't watch because I don't understand German or French. So there's that. Well, I could watch in French, so I guess I don't yeah. have any excuses. There you go, lazy bum. <laughs> there was also uh, a set versus choose and choose came out on top of that and so that'll be interesting to see they're kind of a european mutt team like not a specific region so uh i mean unfortunately uh the the team that probably would have been interesting to see move forward would be patakalypsa but i don't think they did uh previously let me double check that but uh, that would have been interesting to see them uh the polish team just because i know everyone here in poland's obviously a big fan of them Mm-hmm. Uh, forward, I mean, you know, maybe they changed names. I'm not sure what they're known as now. I think there's a good chance that uh, this this week, though, uh, for those of you who are big fans of Meepy and I don't know, you should definitely yeah. tune in, even yeah. if you don't know, just because mm-hmm. that's that's a more well-known quantity to be playing this uh, this particular week. I believe it should be because that is the uh, winners bracket uh, first match for Group B, which I would I would estimate is the what's being played this week. Yeah. Um... And Challenger League, like APAC, I just can't keep up. There's too much 
APAC. Yeah, oh god, I can't even I can't even track APAC. And I, I think I think APAC are to the points now where they're gonna go in their respective finals. Is that it? Cause I I know um, I I don't I don't know I would even have to ask like my whole team's dead because I just I yeah. can't track four sub regions. Kids, yeah. trying to track four main regions. <laughs> it's it's main it's APAC is subdivided in four main region, and then there's like a LAN with the winners of each region to determine who's gonna go to LAN against NA Latam and EU. What I would point out though is if you if you check out this week's infographic, you can see that ANZ and SEA were actually a lot more close matches. There was a lot of two ones, as opposed to Japan, which was mostly two O's. So mm -hmm. it just shows that maybe ANZ and SEA are a little more balanced in terms of I mean there's a lot of names you recognize though, Athletico, Mind Freak, um, and then on SEA you've got Cryptic and uh what was it? Something monster. Uh the U UM basically. UM, okay. So, yeah, they these are teams that you can kind of recognize a little bit, and then but then in Japan you just have Ains, which isn't really the old Ains, and I don't know yeah, Japan. It's uh, yeah, it's I don't know I don't know how well Japan will come out on top of the you know in this, but uh, well I'm expecting yeah. uh, Mind Freak to come to LAN again. Yeah, I'm expecting like one ANZ and one SEA at this point. Mm -hmm. I think that's but we'll see. I mean they've they've got to have their finals to decide first, so that'll be actually the first LAN before the finals. So. Yep. That hope hopefully that land will be fully streamed and casted like it was last time with mm -hmm. the, the forecasters they have. Because that'll be great. So I hopefully we'll find out about that. I imagine CGG will have the news on that when that's ready, especially with you know us having someone on staff that hopefully really tracks that region. So uh hopefully we'll have some good uh betting for that and that'll be a fun thing to watch. I'm really looking forward to that. So that that'll be when I can finally figure out who's actually good over there. But we all yeah. I think are expecting Mind Freak to come out on top of APAC right now. Because there's so much going on back there that uh, for me yeah. it's 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 just hard to keep up and well, I think a lot of them the, aren't even streamed. The, yeah that too and the first time I'm gonna just tune in will be at their own respective final just before uh, they decide who's yeah. gonna go uh, land in an A. Yeah, we'll see. Um, on other topics, just before we uh, wrap up, we did also have the TTS yes. uh, stuff this week, and I thought that'd be worth just talking about a little bit. Um, as it's the only non-match stuff, so I mean, I think the lion recoil, uh, the lion uh, nerf was pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't played the TTS a ton because it takes up a ton of my hard drive space, and it's not really fun to just play with a bunch of random people for the first three days and then get nothing after that. Yeah. But I mean, what were your thoughts on the lion nerf? Uh, well, I mean, it's a welcome change because right now he's on a weird spot. I don't know how much it will affect. Probably some bits because right now with the timer between each um usage of your drone being higher well I mean, you only get two so it's like that old yes. that cooldown literally only happens once uh -huh. and now you need to be a little bit more careful about when you use it and it's less likely to happen after the bomb has been planted so that's good because that's just you're wasting pretty much five plus maybe two out of the three seconds to where the defender is just not going to move and then... Well, I think it depends. Like, it, it, let's say if you're using like a, a, a push, where you're using one for the roamer, and then instead of using one to get the plant down, you're using like glazing kind of thing and stuff. I could still see having one for post plant in that sense. Oh yeah, for sure. But then it's harder to just clear the roamer than it is yeah. right now. Yeah, totally. And just getting people out of their position on defense. So I think the the, the thing I've heard most mentioned though is is talking about the the not staying marked when you're not moving. Yeah, well, like that, if, if, that I mean, a lot of people say 
It's useless because then you know exactly where he is, but you can change stance and just go instantly prone and it won't detect you. So it, yeah. you, you still have like more maneuver maneuverability. That well, word. also, let's say you run into a mute jammer. Yeah, well, that too, for sure. Then you can still move around a little bit mm -hmm. more once you get there. So like it makes mute a little more useful in that you don't have to start in a mute jammer. You mm -hmm. can kind of run to one and then, I don't know, because a lot of those mute jammers are going to be behind mirror windows and stuff too yeah so i mean uh, it, we'll it, it's a welcome change it's a needed one i think uh how much will it will it affect his pick uh ratio i don't know probably a little bit he still is a strong operator so we'll have to see um i i don't i don't know i think i think it's still going to be played because it's good but it's less good so maybe less team will rely on that and if it's too yeah. good anyway um He's just gonna get banned next season. I w I mean, I would personally think it would be worth dropping him in favor of Glazing Meta. I still Maybe. think that's potentially stronger mm -hmm. once he's nerfed. But I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I think teams are also gonna get sick of of playing the Lion Strats because teams have seemed to For use sure. it as a crutch, and I think it's actually hurting teams' ability to perform well. I think I think had, like like say say for example the EGSSG match. I feel like had they not been depending online so much, BC could have been doing a lot more useful things. I think they could have been it's potentially possible. doing better on their defenses uh, <laughs> as well as their offenses. Um, I mean, because he wasn't necessarily doing a lot, a lot of the time. And uh, I mean, if they were not so overly concerned about Lion on defense, I feel like they could have played better too. So I don't know. Yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know because it's strong. It's strong. Yeah. You, you can switch it out for something else, but it's something strong. And if you can use it accordingly, well, it's yeah. just strong. So why not? It's just strong. Why not? It's just OP. Yeah. But like well, the the biggest change I think from the TTS was probably uh, fixing the site the misalignment. Yeah. That that's huge. That is huge. Well, the the big problem I think with the with that was apparently, from my understanding, they had to kind of recreate the the uh, recoil mm -hmm. system. Yeah, they have to. They have and to. In doing so, the recoil patterns are really messed up right now. Which means, from what we saw in the TTS, for example, Ella's gun went back to being godlike, mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of the other guns are really easy to handle and are missing uh, a lot of their signature recoil patterns. Um, so yeah. a lot of the specific gun feel is gone. Well, if by signature, if by signature you mean completely random, yeah. No, no, I mean the patterns. Like the patterns that yeah, they had well. are kind of gone, and it's mostly just vertical recoil. And, and in doing so, that you, made I mean, most of the guns way easier to control. It's it still is a line, and you pick like dot left and right on that line. That's pretty much how they work right now. Because well, the no, random like, okay, when, when you shoot, your your gun has a recoil like that. There's also a circular recoil that way, that circles around, and the random number is on that recoil circle, and that's what's causing the misalignment. And I mean, the recoil patterns are in the life build are messed up because of that, and you can remove it. But I mean, I I don't mind. Uh, the one who's uh, even if you spray and you can perfectly control your aim, the first one. To land a bullet, which is probably going to be the most killed player who can aim the best, this is going to win the gunfight. And for me, that's good. I mean, at the top level, skills. Yeah, sure. But skills at, win. At, 
at the rank level, I think this would probably be a bad thing if it's left as it is because the guns are too easy to control recoil-wise right now. Um, at least in my experience and the experience of, from what I've read from a lot of other people is that they're very, it's, it's very uh, straightforward to control the recoil for most guns now. And some of the guns that had some difficult recoil that made that was part of their balancing, like Ella's or the C8 or a lot of the other things, are now too easy to control and have lost some of their downside making them a little yeah. like it's a balance problem oh yeah it and, is uh, and i, I mean I, what, I, what i like is the the recoil to be fairly easy for <clears throat> maybe bullets one to five and then being a little bit harsh on the recoil and i, I don't want to say randomness because i don't like random well that's why you have things like the compensator right are supposed but, to be the kind of correction to a post five bullets yeah well i mean it, i think it should still be somewhat hard to just control it because i mean if you want a skill-based game and you just pray and pray and that that i don't think that's good i think if you're the best player you should be able to land within your first five bullets in the head yeah. well i think it should mostly affect the high rate of fire just, guns because yeah. the problem is right now high rate of fire guns are, are just good. melting absolutely people. stronger absolutely 100 percent stronger at high levels than guns with slow rate of fire. Uh, and that's and the big problem you see is all these attackers with SMGs now, you've got like Dokubi with an SMG, you've got, uh, what the fuck else has it? I know there's someone else that has an SMG too that I'm forgetting for some reason. Um, and so you have these people just running, oh, Habana, Habana's SMG yeah. as well. And so you, between the two of them, like you could just rush in with these SMGs, you could bring the SMG uh, 11 on Sledge as well. And it's just mm -hmm. like, you've got these people just indoors just spraying people down. Yep. And, uh, and I don't know, it, just, it works seemingly better for the attackers than the defenders. I, like I said, I'd rather have the game to uh, encourage people to um, tap fire rather than just straight up, like, bur not burst, but uh, spray and pray. Just pray. I don't well, think spraying like they, they is a... To have a DMR for that reason, but then also gave her a good SMG, so it was like, well, yeah. that didn't really work then. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> it, I mean, it's a, it's a big balance problem. Uh, yeah. But I think it's still better to have what's in a TTS right now than what it is in the live build. Oh, at yeah, least yeah. for the competition. I mean, yeah, I, I would just like, like to see them nerf the rate of high rate mm -hmm. of fire guns more in, the, in yeah. terms of the recoil, and then I think yeah, we'd probably be okay. And I mean, maybe I, mean, I do agree with some of the people complaining about lock, lack of character now for the yeah. guns because they are more homogenized in the thing. But that might just be a case of them not uh, finishing reproducing a lot of the patterns, and I hope that's the case. And I, I mean. If the 50 bullets gun is a problem like Ella, just stop being stubborn. Remove the 50 bullets and make it like a 25 bullets like everyone else. Yeah. It, 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 I, I get it. Like they say, it's unique, but no, please. <laughs> no, it's not well, unique. We'll see. I mean, Ella definitely dropped down once they did the nerf. If they can just keep the nerf as is, it's probably still fine for the most part. But, uh, it sounds like it got kind of reverted to. But I think, that. yeah, I think it's an improvement anyway. To just have the recoil pattern fixed like that and a little bit more predictive, and, and I mean, obviously, it's TTS. Like people are just getting in the game and say, "Oh my god, it's shit! I don't want it." But it yeah. is a first iteration of the process. Just get feedback why it is shit. Just get out. Yeah. Figure okay, th this is bad because it's too easy. How can we make it better and 
that's the purpose of the TTS. It's not just to give you, all right, so it's going to be like that for sure. No, it, it is very yeah. much going to change again. Unfortunately, just a lot of times it doesn't. It. Uh, outside of them dropping the recoil stuff previously, the, the recoil patterns, mm -hmm. I would say overall, most of the time, Ubisoft hasn't been changing too much based off feedback. The, the other thing they did change somewhat based off feedback was Blitz. Yeah. But I still feel like they didn't really completely uh, listen in terms of like he's still too strong. Like they so nerfed, annoying. they nerfed the buff down a little bit, but they still left him in a really strong awkward place in terms of uh yeah being super strong. The one thing they did accidentally do really well though that I hope they are going to push out with the mid season is of course the drop shotting fix. Unfortunately, they also broke rebroke sliding, so you can still slide going from a. Uh, or, or what people call the reverse drop shot, where you kind of go from uh, from prone to standing and kind of slide, sort of semi-teleport. So assuming they could fix that part of it again, which they had previously, mm -hmm. the drop shotting fix is so welcome, I think. Oh, yeah. So that I was... haven't heard of anyone who wants drop oh, shotting or anything like it was. That was so good. The first time I've seen it, I went like, thank God. Well, it's, it's what everyone recommended. Everyone mm -hmm. that, that I know of, pros casters everyone was like just pull out of acog on a drop yeah. shot pull out of ADS. fix yeah and that's what they did and it worked perfectly like worked. everyone is super happy with it and I'm, I'm very excited to see that it's funny to have that accidentally slick it in, uh, slip it in and have them be like well it's in there so might as well tell us what you think yeah well um the thing with prone shot is not that prone shot in itself is the problem the problem is the animation is way too fast for the server to recognize it we'll and break, just show it box. it break yeah because when you, sh you shoot the dude and nothing happened but in reality is just already prone but still like showing standing up on your screen that's a big problem with it so it's either you slow it down or you remove the guy who's prone shotting the ability to just be accurate and give you a little bit more time to adjust and they went we for the ladder so we will probably see people crouch shotting more instead yeah, well instead it's of already it's, it's already big yeah, but I just mean shot. like that will be the that will yeah. be the compromise is people will just crouch sure. shots. But the nice thing about that is that means you can aim for the middle mm -hmm. of a, like center mass of someone and be able to counter that. Whereas aiming center mass wasn't necessarily the greatest way to counter a full drop shot because you had to catch up going all the way down. Whereas being in the middle is, is better because you have like a 50% chance of hitting them at crouch height or just having to pull up as opposed to aiming head height and having to drop all the way down. So I think I think it'll be mm -hmm. better for sure. Hopefully it'll come in. I, I know that they weren't completely done with it. So uh, as it was though, outside of the sliding thing, I think it was pretty near. It's a great. I guess it caused a reloading cancel though, and uh, hopefully they fix that as well because the reloading cancel, I don't think was desirable. No, no, no. It's uh, well, it's it's welcome change overall. It's nice that they're still using TTS for. Uh... You know, testing stuff. Now it's just a case yeah. of uh, are they actually going to take uh, lots of feedback and change it in like yeah. a way that makes the game more enjoyable overall for everyone. Well, we'll see. Either way, though, I think that uh, about wraps it up for today. Yeah. But uh, hopefully... There's some hopefully uh, cool would... games uh, coming in. Yeah. I would hope so. Because uh, otherwise, you know, I'm going to be casting some boring ones. <laughs> <laughs> I believe I well, will be doing the second match tomorrow. CLG, CLG moves, so, mouse. Yes, moves, 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 e sports, moves, moves, e sports. Yeah. 
So I, I think Kix and Taro are doing Rogue uh, versus um, SK first. So, I mean, we'll see. But uh, should be a good start to the week, I imagine, between those two matches and a good week. Obviously, tune in for BR6 tonight. Make sure mm -hmm. to, if you, if you want to, you know, catch the EU uh, Challenger League before Pro League tomorrow as well. That'll be earlier in the day. Um, either the VODs or catch it live so you can see how I don't know is playing because they've been struggling, but hopefully we'll get a chance to see them maybe in relegations. So maybe you can try and get his revenge on the Swedes eventually. But, yeah, uh, the Swedes. Should be good. Should be good. But either way, look forward to this week. An interesting last week by far. Uh, yes. And uh, things are definitely shifting as we go. So, I mean, definitely tune up for Ant's Vitality because uh, yeah. one of these teams are going to be out of Pro League. It's a big week. Rip. Well, Rip anyways, anyways, enjoy your Easter. Have a good one. I yes. imagine uh, a lot of you probably just mostly going to catch this in the VOD just because, well, you're busy doing Easter things. But uh, have a good one. And uh, we'll catch you guys next Sunday when next... it's not a holiday. Yes. Have a good day, guys.